There's a lot of talk about going from surviving to thriving. But what if you can't? What if you're still in survival mode, unsure where to go next? Could it be time to reinvent your business? But what happens if you're inflicted with the Titanic Syndrome? What's the Titanic Syndrome, you might ask? Well, that's coming up next on Experience Leadership. Welcome to Experience Leadership, a podcast that helps small business owners and entrepreneurs just like you dare to be the exception. Join our host, service expert and master of experiences, Mark Hain, as he uncovers relevant and timely content to help you develop your business so you can take the time to work on your business, not just in your business. Here's your host, Mark Hain. Welcome to today's episode. This is where small business owners and entrepreneurs pick up core skill sets to help them work on their business, not just in their business. I am your host, service expert, and master of experiences, Mark Hain, and I am so glad to have you here for this episode. My guest today is reinvention expert, Danielle Silverman, and we'll be talking about how we need to shake ourselves from the Titanic syndrome and start thinking about what we can do to thrive during these challenging times. And we'll get to that in just a moment. In the meantime, I'd love to know how I'm doing with this podcast. Could you be kind enough to take a minute to leave a review for today's episode? And while you're at it, why not go ahead and follow me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter? It'd be nice to know that you're around and that we can have this conversation offline. You know, this is not the first time businesses face the dilemma that COVID-19 has caused. We've seen crisis time and time again, but this is the first time in this generation, at least, where the sheer volume of businesses are being challenged. COVID-19 was not selective. Everybody is affected. So I'd like to know from you our question of the day. Have you considered reinventing your business during this pandemic? What does your post-pandemic world look like for you and for your business? Go ahead and jump on social media and post your response. I'd love for this to become part of the conversation. Make sure to use the hashtag #ExperienceLeadership and be part of this conversation. It'll be great. Our guest today is a sought-after certified reinvention practitioner and co-founder of the Reinvention Society of Canada. Danielle Silverman is a member of the Canadian Association of Professional Speakers and is a sought-after keynoter on the topic of reinvention. She holds an MBA in management and marketing, as well as a master's in human systems intervention. Welcome to the show, Danielle. It's so great to have you. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. It's really great to be here. (laughs) It's great to see you. You look great, by the way, just so you know. Thank you very much. And you're situated in Montreal, so you get all the nice humidity and stuff. I hope it's not too, too humid for you today. (laughs) No, the air conditioner's been on for two months. (laughs) So before we get into today's topic, could you tell us a little bit about what you do for your clients? So really what we do is we help people survive. We educate people on what reinvention is about. Mm -hmm. And really the biggest desire is to help people being able to survive and thrive through any change. And so reinvention is about learning how to change. It's about embracing change. It's about reimagining, rethinking what you're doing based on past experiences, but to really 
make sure you have a viable present and future. Nice. Nice. And so, yeah, it's not cookie cutter. There's a. <laughs> no, I. Well, and I would imagine that every situation would be a little bit different when it comes to reinvention. Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I understand also that you also had a successful career as a director of marketing and communications for a software company and that you have a whole history of what prompted the change. So maybe you could share with us what prompted the change and how has the change affected your personal life? Wow. That's a big story, actually. Well, yeah, I got sick, actually. That's all it is. And in the middle of uh, my sick leave, I had a a pretty big burnout that uh, lasted two years, believe it or not. And in the middle of that, I got laid off from my job. And so when I started getting back to normal a little bit, I started working with a consultant to figure out, you know, what to do with the rest of my life. And at that point, I became a career coach because there was a lot of connection between marketing and helping people find jobs on the jobs. There's no harder product to market than oneself. Mm -hmm. But eventually, I realized that really the, the thing that is important to me that I care about, first of all, is helping people. That's why coaching is very, very critical. But the other thing is that the whole idea of transition. So change is an issue that's very near and dear to my heart. And as I started to learn more and more about it, that's when I came across reinvention and started working with the guru of reinvention, who's Nadia Zikshambayeva, and started following her, started taking her courses and becoming a certified reinvention practitioner. That's amazing. So, I mean, we've had, I mean, there's all sorts of terminologies being thrown around. What exactly is reinvention? Well, a definition of, there are many definitions of reinvention, as, as you can imagine, because it's reinvention, the reason we have many definitions is that it depends on the situation, and we always try to think about, okay, what's the better way of doing things depending on what the situation is. But bottom line is, it's a systematic approach of engaging healthy cycles of planned renewal. So there's a, there's a system, it's planned. And it's building on the past to ensure the present and the future viability, which is, you know, what I said before. Mm -hmm. But it's also strategic. So and not strategic, not fixed. It's emerging. So we're constantly looking at what's working and constantly trying to think about, oh, okay, well, what is it that might cause us to fail? Sure. So how do we we're constantly asking ourselves, how do we kill the company, basically? So to figure out what do we do in case something happens. So COVID-19 happened, but there were predictions a long time before that something like this would happen. And so the smart thing would be to think about, okay, what's the next thing on the horizon? What might come? It might be a competitor. It might be a supplier. It might be any, you know, something like COVID, you know, whatever it is. Collectively, let's come and think about what it is and what do we do in case that thing happens. It sounds really super compelling, and I can't wait to get into the meat of this topic. We are talking with reinvention specialist Danielle Silverman. Stay tuned. We have more after this. When you're delivering an important speech to a huge audience, it's easy to lose your place or go way over time. Give yourself an advantage with the Pro Speaker Presentation Speech Timer app. No more checking your watch or calling for time. The Pro Speaker Presentation Speech Timer app keeps you on track with easy-to-see timers, even changing color for visual prompts during your speech. And you can set audio cues to practice or set it to vibrate so you don't even have to look. Be the pro you know you are. Download the app at speakerpresentationtimer.com. 
Welcome back. I am speaking with the co-founder of Reinvention Canada, Danielle Silverman. So, Danielle, in past episodes, we talked to business strategist Ronnie Power about the need to adapt and adopt in our business and with new ways of thinking and being. We've also talked to BusinessLink CEO Barbara McKenzie about the importance of being able to pivot. What makes reinvention different from those kinds of philosophies? So reinvention is a system and a set of tools. And it will, depending on what your business needs are, all of the tools can be valuable. And it's not just about pivoting. It's really about setting up a system that will keep you thriving long term. You know, it's not just, okay, how do we react? It's not reactive. It's much more proactive in that sense. It's a living system. I mean, that's why the definition keeps changing. Every person you talk to has a different way of thinking about it. I look at it as an immune system. So it's something that, that you build with, within your daily, weekly, whatever cycle of business that keeps you alive. Nice. Something that's something that, that you know, has that power consistently because change is not about to go away. First of all, it's been, it's existed, you know, forever since, since the universe began. Yeah. But on top of that, what's happening is the speed of change is increasing, complexity is increasing, it, things are compounded. We're living in something called a VUCA world, which is volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. That's a term that was mm. coined by the American army, I think, for the uh, Iraq war to explain what it was like in that particular theater of war. But it's being used in business today because that is the world that we're living in. And given that that world is like that, and it's not getting any better, mm -hmm. it's becoming even more volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous, we need to be able to find ways of working in that kind of atmosphere. And so having a system, having a set of tools that allow us to do that just ensures our, the viability of the company, present, future. Yeah. I imagine that when it comes down to any kind of change within a business, especially when you're thinking where business operators now need to start thinking about reinvention, about you know taking a look at what they're doing and saying, how can we be completely different? I'm sure that they, you know, how do they get there? Like, I understand pivoting and I understand, you know, you have capacity. Reinvention is, is a completely different ball of wax. There must be a ton of questions that business owners have to really cover in order to figure out whether or not reinvention is right for them. There's a core. There's a core to it. So the core is really three basic things. You have to be able to anticipate change. You have to be able to design it. And you have to be able to implement it. And the problem is that some organizations are good at anticipating or at designing or at implementing, but very rarely are they good at all three. What happens when you intersect some, you know, there are different things. Sometimes it's just about putting out fires or sometimes it's just about not being able to motivate your employees because there's just no action. But the three are very important. And the problem today is that, the, and the reason that 75% of change management efforts fail is that most companies are not really good at implementing the change. But you have to have a good balance between the three. So that among the three. And so that's the core. Mm -hmm. But you, then you also have to have a, re, a culture of reinvention. You have to have a mindset of reinvention and not 
have it be static or resistance, because resistance to change is a very big deal. <laughs> so mindset of reinvention, culture of reinvention, and you have to have a system as well. So, so that, that's all of those things are necessary to put in place. Yeah. So you mentioned, so one thing that popped out as you were saying that is, is this idea that mindset has to come into play. Uh, like I can imagine that from a, when it comes to making the change, the mindset perspective, what do business owners need to do to adjust how they think about their reality? So mindset is about being able to, it's about how you view, for example, if you believe that that the ultimate good is improvement, it's progress, it's development, as opposed to something that's stable and predictable, mm -hmm. okay, that's a reinvention mindset. If you see change as constant and manageable, that's a reinvention mindset. If you view the unknown with curiosity instead of fear, that's a reinvention mindset, just to give you some examples of what that might be. Okay. You know, I work with a lot of small businesses, and a lot of the owner-operators that I deal with have been in business for, you know, 15, 20 years doing what they've always done. And I find that one of the biggest challenges they have is they can't think themselves out of their current situation. They've had a reality for 15, 20 years doing the same thing that worked, you know, maybe 20 years ago when they launched. They had good responses, but now they're, you know, now they're competing in a more global way, even if they are just a local business. I mean, we they now have to, their competition is huge. They now have online ordering. They have the internet is a, a huge bane of a lot of small business owners' reality. And now they have to adjust. And, and some of them just don't have the skill set or the capacity to be able to change. What? How would somebody like that start thinking about this idea of reinvention? Well, I think you have to, first of all, look at the mindset issue and, and figure out where you stand mm -hmm. in it and have that awareness, first of all, what you know where you stand, where you fit, because that awareness is very important. The next step is to figure out where you fit in the grand scheme of things for reinvention. So do you know how to anticipate change? Do you know how to design change? Do you know how to implement change? Uh, and we actually have an assessment for that uh, that will help you. It's called it's called the Titanic Syndrome Assessment. So the kind of companies that you're talking about may be suffering from something called Titanic Syndrome. And it's funny that you should mention that because I saw you speak at a McGill University event last week, and you mentioned this Titanic Syndrome. I'd like to dig a little bit deeper into that because, you know, when you presented it at McGill... And I just thought it was so, what a brilliant definition of kind of the outfall of the unwillingness to change or the unwillingness to shake up the status quo. Can you dig a little bit deeper into the Titanic syndrome? With pleasure. So first of all, the Titanic is, you know, everybody knows the story of the, of the Titanic that, that uh, sank in 1912. And it's a wonderful, wonderful metaphor for business. And it's so what we call the Titanic syndrome is a corporate disease in which organizations that are facing disruption create their own downfall through either through arrogance, through excessive attachment to past success, or an inability to recognize a new and emerging reality. And so if we look at some of the things that happened on the Titanic, for example, the first officer who was on duty uh, the night the, the ship sank because the, the captain was asleep, it wasn't his shift, 
he was a, a man with 16 years of experience. And he was known for having, for being level-headed and also for being able to avoid ship disasters, ship collisions. On his previous assignment, he, as he was second officer, and he actually refused to listen to an order that his captain gave him. And he took the helm and did a particular maneuver that allowed his ship to avoid an oncoming ship. They were really bound to, they were about to collide. And what he did actually made them avoid. So they, they came within inches of each other, but they never collided. So on the night the Titanic was close to the, uh, the iceberg, this first officer did exactly what he knew he did. He relied on his 16 years of experience, used the same maneuvers, and unfortunately they didn't work. So this is how an example of how being attached to past successes might not work in the future. What got you here will not be what will get you there. That's one example. There are many others. One of the ones that, that really was interesting when you were talking about it was this idea that they couldn't get to the binoculars. And, you know, because as a small business consultant, I forever have been in situations where people, they don't do something because that's not how we do it. And so the binocular story is really interesting. So, yeah, I can tell that too. But the doing things the way you've always done it is an issue for sure. So the night, again, the night of the Titanic, on the eve of the departure, actually, of the boat from Southampton in England, the second officer who was in charge of the what they call the crow's nest, he had the keys to the cabinet that held the binoculars. And he was asked to leave the ship on the eve of the departure. They didn't need him for some reason. And he was disappointed and completely forgot to hand over the keys. Now, yes, there were binoculars. They were in a locked cabinet. And I'm sure that at some point, somebody could have broken open that cabinet. But they didn't think that they would need it. There was some kind of arrogance. This was an unsinkable ship. Well, I mean, so you have the arrogance, but you also have the culture. Because the culture would have been completely contrary to destroying a door or a cabinet in order to get something. Exactly. And so then I, I wonder with small businesses how often we have a culture of doing things that we stop questioning and then because of it we create bigger issues over the long run. I hope you're finding huge value from today's topic. Go ahead and leave us a review. We'll be right back after this. When the spotlight shines on your business, are customers applauding or yawning? In other words, how is your business performing? Make your business a star with the new book, Lights, Camera, Action, Business Operational Excellence Through the Lens of Live Theater by Mark Hain. Mark uses his business and acting experience to help you see your business like a live show so you can create a performance your customers will never forget. Buy Lights, Camera, Action today at your favorite online retailer or directly at markhain.com. Certified reinvention specialist Daniel Silverman is my guest. Welcome back. You know, for me, it's such an interesting topic, this idea of reinvention, because it really does mean we have to change the way we're thinking, but it also means that we have to put some sort of systems in place to be able to test out presumptions and assumptions and all of that sort of stuff. So I'd love to get into how one can build a system of reinvention. But before we get into that, could you tell our audience, how can somebody who thinks that they might need your service, how can they get in touch with you? So I shared with you a link to our uh, a page where you can sign up 
for our mailing list. And I do that as a, as a first thing, just so that we can, we can have your information. I don't work alone. I work with, with a colleague. And what we, we really want to do is help you solve your problem with a, in the least amount of time possible to get you where you want to be. So there is no cookie cutter way of doing things. We're not going to ask you to sign up for a program that, you know, is going to make your eyes roll and things like that. We want to start by getting to know your business better. And so if you give us your name and your email address, then we will contact you and we'll have that initial call with you to figure out what it is that, that you need. That sounds great. And so you mentioned something about an assessment. Is there also an assessment online as well? It's not online. It's okay. uh, it is something that we we use as part of our analysis when we're working with a company. Mm-hmm. We're working with a company now. It's a it's a salon, which is you know quite in date. Uh, most of the people in that industry, in the beauty industry, are in uh, tremendous uproar right now because the whole thing has changed. Mm-hmm. Will the clientele come back? How will they do it? And so that was one of the first things that we did with them, and it was really really interesting. And every company is different in the results that, that come out. Yeah. And so we work with, with the results and yeah. then we design the next the next thing based on what their needs are. Mm-hmm. I think this is so rude for me to pull out my cell phone, but I just received a text from Joanne and she says, when is the best time to change? We're in the middle of a pandemic. Shouldn't businesses wait until things stabilize before they start thinking about reinventing themselves? Isn't it? Now is the time. There is no better time. And so why is that? Like, why wouldn't businesses wait until the pandemic, a solution to the pandemic has come, that they can see that there's, you know, the blue sky behind the clouds? Why is today the day people should start thinking about reinvention? Because we live in a VUCA world, because they're, they're, we don't know what the future is going to look like. And this is going to last a very, very long time. COVID-19 is just the tip of the iceberg. The world is undergoing a radical change. We haven't even begun to look at the impact of this on healthcare, on education, on our borders, on global trade, monetary system, banking, economic, everything is being tested right now. So if we wait, it could be 10 years before we know what that is. And so now really is the perfect time to start thinking deliberately and systematically because otherwise we're going to constantly just be staying in firefighting mode or we're going to die. Yes. Yeah. And I think this is, unfortunately, this is the reality in many situations is that small businesses cannot see themselves past what they've usually done. And now because of this, I mean, the the percentage when you look at the independent, the stats from the Independent Business Federation, you know, it's it's shocking how many small businesses are are closing. I mean, I remember like a month into the pandemic, 10% of small businesses have said that they are closing for good. And that was that was in April. <laughs> you know, restaurants, movie theaters, beauty salons, whole industries that may very well just disappear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or get reinvented. Or get reinvented. Right. And I think, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. And, you know, uh, in my book, my upcoming book, I mentioned about a, a welding shop in Kalmar, Alberta here. They were pipe workers. I mean, they had they had a welding shop, 25 employees. And in 2008, when the, everything started happening with the oil and gas industry, all of a sudden he was stuck having to lay off all his employees. And he, you know, when he was down to himself and one other employee, he went for a barbecue at his cousin's house and he saw their fire pit and thought, I can make a better fire pit than that. That's really cheap. 
And so he and his brother designed fire pits and stuff, and they make these beautiful high-end fire pits now that when things started to rebound before COVID-19 hit, it actually attributed to about 8% of their total sales. And now they've taken the pivot one step further where they do construction steel now. So they're not just doing the oil stuff anymore. And this is a perfect idea that not only is it a pivot, but it's also a reinvention of their whole business model. So the idea is to look at what you're really good at and then work on that and figure out, okay, what other markets could use those that skill that we have, the core. So we're not throwing out the baby with the bathwater. We're right. keeping what we're really good at. We're, keep, we're doing it in an appreciative way. And we're trying to figure out, okay, how can we use this strength now for the future? The best example, the, the example that I like about this is Philips. So if you, you re- think about Philips in the 1970s, do you remember what they did, what they, what they were known for? No, no, I don't. They made televisions, but they didn't sell. And so they sat down and they, they thought about, okay, what can we do? What are we good at? And they realized that what they were really good at was imaging. They had a much crisper image than any of the other televisions out there, right? They just weren't good at marketing. And so they, all of a, so they used their imaging knowledge and capabilities to create machines in the healthcare industry. So wherever you go, if it's a dentist's office or a hospital or a doctor's office, the imagery that is being used is probably created by Philips. Amazing. And so and they've yeah. gone through two or three innovations. So yeah, the idea, yeah. you know, today, the life cycle of an organization, that's another reason why people need to, to reinvent now. The, the life cycle of an organization 50 years ago was maybe 75 years, which means that by the time you, you get to the upper part of the curve and start going downward and declining, you probably had 37 and a half years to be able to turn around. In uh, 2002, I think there was a study done that said that that curve was now 15 years, which meant you only had about seven years to reinvent yourself or to to start thinking about what the next iteration was going to be. And then there was a study done in 2018 that showed that about, I think it was 12% of organizations needed to reinvent every one to two years, and more than 33% of organizations need to reinvent every three to five years. Mm. So if you don't do that reinvention, then you will go get to the decline and you will disappear. So today, who knows? That was two years ago. Yeah. It's amazing because evolution is a natural cycle. And... I think, though, small businesses, when they do their thing, if, if somebody, I don't know, builds a pizza shop, you know, they think, okay, I'm, I'm going to build a pizza shop and I'm going to be a pizza shop or it's a nightclub or it's a hotel or whatever. The focus becomes so stringent that they forget that one of the natural principles in nature is evolution. We have some more great information right after this. Every day you perform, maybe not on a stage in front of a captive audience, oh, thank you, thank you, but in your business, whether you know it or not, you are performing. Thinking about your business like you have to go out there and put on a perfect show can help create long-lasting success. And you can find out the secrets how in the new book, Lights, Camera, Action, Business Operational Excellence Through the Lens of Live Theater. Author, speaker, actor, and business coach Mark Hain breaks down how you can craft a solid foundation, rehearse before you ever serve your first customer, and take action to provide an experience worthy of a standing ovation. 
Mark's experience running casinos, restaurants, and hotels, as well as his time in live theater, has been preparing him to help put the spotlight on your business and give it its time to shine. Order his book, Lights, Camera, Action, today at your favorite online store or directly at markhain.com. That's M-A-R-C-H-A-I-N-E.com. I hope today's topic is resonating with you. If you find a lot of value here, go ahead and share this episode with your network using the hashtag experience leadership. You know, it was interesting, again, when you were doing your keynote, and by the way, you did a brilliant keynote for McGill University, just so you know, you spoke about the need to build a system of reinvention. Could you talk a little bit about what that might look like? So the system of reinvention is really what I was talking about earlier, which is the the core. So anticipating change before it happens, deliberately designing change and implementing change, and also having the supporting elements of, of reinvention mindset, culture, and the systems that are flexible and agile enough to build a healthy reinvention. But it starts, I think, with asking the right questions, asking the right questions that are going to help the company thrive. And, and questions are really a starting point of change. Because when you, you begin to ask the right questions, then then that's when some sort of awareness develops. And the second thing is to really develop the reinvention mindset. So to look at that framework and then to analyze where your company is with respect to the Titanic syndrome. And within all of that, there are tools that, that we use as practitioners to help you. There are tools for strategic planning. There are tools for business models. There's tools for what kinds of things to do when you're in a time of crisis, how to look at the, the example that I love is a story of a, a car shop, you know, mechanic that seemed to be losing some of its customers. And so the traditional way of looking at, you know, why you're losing customers is to ask people why they're leaving. But then, you know, all you get to know is what you're not doing well. The better way, I think, of looking at things is to ask people what you're doing well. You know, a little bit like Philos uh, was looking at you know, what do they really do well. And so this particular car wash turned around and asked their existing customers, those who stayed, why are you staying? And what they learned was really interesting. What they learned was that we're staying because when we, 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 we're happy to drive far to come and see you because when you fix our cars, you give us a free car wash. Hmm. You know, they would never have found that out yeah. if they had asked the customers who were, had left why they had left. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and I think especially when it comes down to small businesses, you know, I've talked to a lot of small businesses who, you know, they, they say, I can't compete with the franchisees. And but, I, you know, my philosophy has always been as an independent business operator, you have a lot of flexibility to be able to look at your marketplace and adapt quickly. Whereas franchisees don't necessarily have that same privilege, you know, because it has to go through a chain, it has to go through kind of a chain of decision-making, it's gotta be analyzed, all sorts of tests have, then it has to go to one particular location, it's gotta be tested, and meanwhile, everybody else is suffering. Exactly, and not only that, but they have rigid rules. Mm -hmm. Because it's a franchise, you have to do it this way. Because if you don't do it this way, then you're no longer part of the brand. Yeah, you're in breach of franchise agreements. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, more opportunity for resistance. Yeah, yeah. And different levels, yeah. As opposed to flexibility, creativity. Yeah. 
You know, and, and it goes along, like I keep thinking about this, this welding shop in Kelmar, you know, if they were a subsidiary of Acme Welding, you know, they would still be working on producing something for the Coyote. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, the, the fact that he's independent, he was able to do what he wanted, how he wanted. And in response to that, he ended up creating his own passion projects. That's right? phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. So you end up reinventing yourself at the same time. Yeah. Danielle, this is really great information. Like, I have a sneaking suspicion we could talk for hours about yeah, you, this. You're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> I would love it's, to. It's, it's, so, it's so interesting. This is like such a, a in-depth topic because, you know, when you think about reinvention, you think about, you know, what if this, what if this, what if this, which is a natural propensity of a reinvention model is try, test, try, test, try, test, right? And being very flexible that way. Yeah. So the thing is, to do away with perfection also, because mm. we don't have time. So that's exactly what you're doing. Have an idea, test it. Have an idea, test it. Come back. And the same thing with strategic planning, right? Mm. You have an idea, perfect. Let's write it down. You have a, a starting point. This is what you think. You have an end point, right? Or what you think the result is going to be. And then you've got different things that you want to try. And you have limits also, right? Mm. So you have what are your limitations? Could be financial, could be other things, but every once in a while, and it could be a quarterly, or it could be every week, or it could be every two months or every month, whatever is right for you, then you have a review process. Mm. And what did you do? Okay. What worked? What didn't work? Yeah. Let's test it. And then once we've tested it, okay, what worked? Let's continue with that and keep going. Amazing. Until you reach your end point. Yeah. I could absolutely see that your input on several different kinds of businesses would be so invaluable with that line of thinking. At the end of the day, though, I think it's going to be really important that when it comes down to reinvention or any kind of change management, owners and operators need to have a sense of humility to say, hey, you know what, maybe I don't have all the answers. Maybe I need to reach out to somebody who knows something more about this. Right. And yeah. that's a very, very good point, Mark, because one of the things that sank the Titanic was ego. Yeah. You know, thinking that they were invincible. Yeah. Um, so humility definitely is part of the the process of reinvention. Absolutely. This has been so great. You know, so today we talked about the importance of adopting a reinvention mindset. We talked about the need to assess where you are as a leader and where you are as a corporate culture. We talked about being able to ask the right questions to help you and your company thrive in a time of uncertainty. And Danielle, you talked about building a system for reinvention to help our business owners moving forward. If you wanted to suggest one thing our audience should do today to start the process of reinvention, what would that one thing be that they can do as soon as they're done this, this broadcast? Oh, wow. Call you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course, call me. Yeah, yeah I'm trying to be humble. Uh, you know, yes, absolutely. We'd be happy to talk to anyone who wants to uh, know a little bit more about this. I think, uh, as I said before, first of all, be aware, recognize that this is the right time to start thinking about your how you want your business to survive. And, you know, and, and but before you move into action, because there's a danger there as well, to think about uh, how all the pieces fit together. Mm. So, yes, please give us a call. <laughs> give a call. <laughs> well, unfortunately, this is all the time that we have today. Danielle, thank you so much for being on this show today. Could you just remind 
everyone one more time how they could get a hold of you. I do have the email or the link in the comment window and I will have it in the show notes. But if somebody wanted to call you today or get in touch with you today, how could they do that? Absolutely. Well, they can call me directly. It's my name, Danielle at DanielleSilverman.com. That's Danielle, double L-E, DanielleSilverman.com. That's the name of my website. Also, DanielleSilverman.com. They can uh, reach me on uh, by phone if you want that as well. It's 514-347-5229. We have a page. We don't have a website yet, but we're on LinkedIn as Reinvention Society Canada. We're also on Facebook. Facebook group as Reinvention Society Canada. And that's an open group? You have to ask to join the group. But also, we have free reinvention breakfasts once a month. We're not doing one in August, but it's the third Wednesday of every month at 11 a.m. Eastern time so that we can get uh, both coasts. And the one in September is specifically about small businesses. And I believe we're going to be talking about business models. So, And those are free to join. That's wonderful. uh, If you join our our mail with the link that you you have in your that you're showing, yep, yep. then you will receive the notices for those breakfasts as well. And that's those amazing. Free. Danielle, thank you so much. You know, I, I'd really like to acknowledge you for your generosity for being here today and to share your knowledge and your expertise. You know, it is so hard, like as a small business owner myself, having grown up as a small business owner, it was always so tough to get information. And, and it's people like you sharing your knowledge and your expertise that makes it, makes it a really accessible source to small businesses, because a lot of us weren't trained in this. We were trained in what we started our business for. So thank you so much for sharing today. It's my pleasure. And you know, Mark, it's part of our value system as well. And that's Mm -hmm. what I love so much about doing this work in reinvention and having Nadia Zixenbaeva as a mentor. It's part of the value system. And it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much again. Nice having you. Nice to be here. Why don't you give me a thumbs up if this was of value to you. As always, my offer stands. If you would like 30 minutes of my time to brainstorm your business with you and your team, and that's the that's the criteria, it has to be you and your team, please feel free to book yourself on my online calendar down below. The link is below. It is at meetme.so slash markhane, and that's Mark with a C. As always, I am at your service. And if you haven't done so yet, please, please, please do me the great privilege of subscribing to this feed and ring the bell. That'll give you first dibs whenever I bring you some fresh content to help you work on your business, not just in your business. My name is Mark Hain. I hope you stay safe, stay healthy, and dare to be the exception. Thank you for joining us this week on Experience Leadership. Make sure you visit markhain.com where you can subscribe to iTunes or by RSS so you'll never miss a show. Or Go directly to MarkHaneLive.com to watch the video edition of this podcast. While you're at it, if you found today's content valuable, please give us a rating on iTunes, or you can share it and tell your friends all about the show. As Mark says, knowledge is power, but only if you share it. Be sure to tune in each week for the newest episode. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and dare to be the exception.